Oh, man, it is Wednesday, which means it is podcasting day, which means we might potentially forget to boomerang right after this to promote our own podcast for crying out loud. So this is Rachel Vogt, and I am so excited to introduce my best friend, Anderson, who's here. Yeah, so go ahead and tell them where they can find you. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on the Book of Face. You can also search for my private Facebook group that has not been renamed yet because procrastination's a thing. Uh, but it's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And then, yeah, or just have me as your friend. Since like you this. are at Jess Anderson, is I didn't even ever think about this, honestly. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Is it easy for people to find you on Facebook? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I would say they could probably find you easier through your photography page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you Google Photos with Anderson, I'm not even the first one that comes up. <laughs> oh, really? Because like, there's a thousand other businesses that are like Anderson Photos or Anderson Images. Well, there's an Anderson Studio in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. so... Okay. If I ever rename my business, I'll yeah, some applications or some photos by McGovern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, like I said, I'm Rachel Vote, and you can find me also on Facebook uh, until God knows when, but. At some point, um, there's a beginner's guide that we have going on. Um, I think that there has been a spark somehow, some way that's kind of been reignited. So I'm super, super stoked about that. There's been a lot more activity over the last couple of days. And um, I think that that's good news. So if you are struggling in your personal development, you're looking for a support group. We just had some women listen to the podcast and then come to the group, which was so exciting. Yes. I'll have to tell you who after because, uh, well, you actually might not even know her, but. You should know her. She's fantastic. Okay, so anyway, um, so make sure that you let us know about that. Again, that's a 100% free group that happens. Uh, so there's a lot of support. There's a lot of vulnerability, a lot of uh, admittance to falling behind or taking a break or whatever. So I think that's a great group to be in right now. And my private page, which is for women or feminine energy of 18 years or older. And if you need some intimacy or sexual wellness in your life that's where i would direct you for sure especially for tomorrow (laughs) it's product launch day and i'm so stoked i have already had so many people uh ask about the things i've been posting in my story all Mm -hmm. the the new stuff yeah oh my god i'm really excited so um if you want to tune into that i am looking for product testers for numerous reasons if you're curious because some people are why would you do that um there's good reasons uh and so let me know we'll get you invited over there vote for parties over on Instagram and make sure tomorrow before I didn't even forget forget about this uh, right before the product launch that's happening in the private page at 7 p.m. you can find me in my own kitchen (laughs) cooking with Tone who's on the sidelines of the camera laughing his ass off because I don't know if I'm doing I got the highest compliment the other day from a client who uh, was like it's just so fun to watch you do it because you don't you are in your element when you do your lives and your podcast but you are not doing so great at that cooking <laughs> but it was it's more natural I like it it's yeah fun. that's the it's great it's fun so um we are giving away a free meal so if you tune in and you share the video then you get your name put into an entry for free delivery freshly cooked if you want it nice and warm um but it's been a lot of fun, and I, I got to tell you guys, I think Tony's having a blast. He's having so much fun with that, and I I don't even let him give me the opportunity to ask questions. I just show him how many views and how many shares because I'm like, let me, 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 me. So <laughs> tune into that tomorrow, too. It sounds like we are making stir-fry that one by a landslide. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny, too, because some women will be like, 
they've been voting for salad week after week and they're like why is nobody else voting for salad and i'm like yeah i was a little surprised by that it's about to be salad season i'm having one today anyway so um enough about me oh my god can you tell i haven't had any adult interaction in like a week Girl, same okay <laughs> i feel like i'm off the wall right now no caffeine i haven't ate today but i i'm just so glad to see somebody i'm so glad to see somebody who's also female i suppose um yeah so again today was one of those days that we did not have a subject <laughs> pre pre-selected um so i'm actually really excited to talk today because we not we just suggested that we talk about money and we agreed that it would be a really good conversation to have um Finances in general, I like to expand it and use the word wealth. Um, I think that's way more freeing than just fixating on a number in a bank account, which you can't even look at right now. Right. All, so, so many people are searching their bank accounts or going logging onto their banking apps that it's crashed the whole banking system. Yeah, it, it's insane. Um, so I, I am excited to kind of talk about my experience and only really the evolution of my thought about money. I don't, I don't even really care to talk about money itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean that in, in general. I just think it's boring. Um, but that's just because I've been doing a lot of personal development on money because that turned out to be my Everest. <laughs> if we had one of those pew, 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 pews, <laughs> I would be knocking on that one right now. <laughs> because <laughs> I always tell people, I for real thought that food or just in general, like my weight, because that's connected mentally and, you know, through food, obviously. Um, I always thought that that was going to be the hardest thing that I had to fix in my life. And sometimes I, I am astounded to think about how far I've come in terms of my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it is, but it's just not even interesting anymore to me. Um, just like I was saying with, this is how I got to this thing with money because this is the way it, it should be. And this is the way it's going to be. Like when I, I can tell you that I'm not, I'm not gonna put that weight back on ever again. Um, just because of what I discovered about mental health and food. Yeah. And I had no idea that that money was a messier, more disconnected, unhealthy relationship than those two combined. I did not know it was my Everest. And I think that even after my quarter life crisis, which was probably the straw on the camel's back was financial. Like I was struggling mentally, but it was the financial straw was just my, my collapse. So I kind of thought that I would really get right with my shit after that because I thought I had hit my bottom. But financially, I still had not even hit my bottom. And so when I finally hit that bottom and it was, okay, it's not desperate for, you know, your addictive crack cocaine Mm -hmm. kind of in an alley situation. But it's still gross and it's still like to me makes me feel sticky. Like I don't even like whatever. Okay. So that was my bottom. So when I finally kind of like had this, Oh, that's why this is your biggest struggle. This is the thing that you were completely untapped and detached from mostly because I just didn't know any better. I just, it was the same thing that we talked about in previous podcasts is that when you start to discover what your experiences are or why your visions were formed about relationships, money, spirituality, so on and so forth. That's what you thought normal was. Mm-hmm. And to me, normal and when it came to money was ignorance. Ignorance, just because like nobody taught me anything. No, I mean, any information I got was completely conflicting from my parents to what school, which was, I mean, I don't even know what class I took. I think it must have been like a base, basic business class or some BS, but nothing. I mean, I don't know, not even about credit cards. I'm talking about like 
what was like one of mine, I think, well, for me, I'm emotion about like watching my dad work his butt off. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it was like, that's what making money meant. Not that you like, I mean, in my brain, my, I think my conscious mind was thinking like publicly, you work hard that you recognize for working hard. But my subconscious mind was going, you work that hard and you sacrifice everything. You don't see your family. You don't have a set schedule. Um, and those were probably the two most pertinent to me. The most, I would say sometimes hurtful. And, and that's what I associated to making, making money. So I think that my mind said, you can't make good money because then you sacrifice all that stuff. And I did that with my PR career. Like even when I was doing really well, I would st- I stopped working weekends because now all of a sudden I was entitled to getting that time back, mm-hmm. which wasn't the smartest decision because yes, I had made strides financially, but I was not in a place to like be on an ego trip that I could be taking weekends off yet. And not, not because the money wasn't coming in, but because of my poor spending habits and mm-hmm. poor investing habits, poor ever, all of that stuff. So I had screwed myself for years because I just wasn't doing the right work. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like, so for me, like, I I think that it was like, I, so I started talking, started talking to my therapist about, I mean, money was like a constant conversation we were having, constantly having. And um, I can't really remember right now, like, where my money situation was when I got my life coach, but I knew I, I we couldn't afford $900. And so, as I've mentioned previously, like, this sounds really minute and like superficial now, but I gave up getting my hair done, which I had consistently done every six to eight weeks for years to finance that. I thought that God, it's gotta be an investment and someday I'll be able to get my hair done again. And now we can't even get our hair done. So, mm-hmm. it, and now it's been longer. <laughs> so I know, I'm going to be like full natural hair by the time we get done with this shit. Girl, same. Uh, it has okay. been, but it is, mine has been officially a year since I've yeah, done anything yeah, cut that. or died officially yeah. as of April. I have gone a year and I messaged my hair lady and she hasn't messaged me back. Well, they can't I, do anything. Because I simply was, all I asked was, hey, can I get on your schedule for the end of May? Because I know that as of right now, people are planning on opening back up in the beginning of May. And yeah. I know that people are As long as the city will open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, can I just get on your schedule? Because I want to book now because I know that I will need Oh, yeah. Something. No, the, all this stuff. Like, I don't even know what's good. My, my hairdresser is probably so mad at me. No, I, we could talk about hair for another day, but, um, no, while you're talking about your relationship with money, like, especially with your father, my earliest memories about money are a couple of things. So first was that my biological father, when he finally separated from my mom and we would go to his house every other weekend for visitation, he like instilled it in me that every other weekend we went to the mall, we went to the store and we got one new piece of clothing and one new toy. So like mm-hmm. there, um, I think it was called Stephen Berry's. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like a five dollar T shirt. So every single visitation that I had with my biological father for months, years, I don't know how long, but he would take us to the mall and we would pick out one new piece of clothing and one new like toy thing. And then I'm pretty sure every single weekend we went to a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was like back when the Starship Nine was still a thing, so it was cheap. Um, Now I would I would not recommend taking your kids to a movie every single weekend. But anyways. Um, but so that kind of instilled spending habits to me. I didn't understand the relation uh-huh. between just spending money. Yeah, it was just, it was just spending. It was consistency in spending and not having conversations about how to earn money, how to save money, that this is extra money that you Smart can spend. spending decisions in general. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it also instilled in me really poor consumerism. You yeah. buy something or that you have to keep constantly buying things. Number one or two, that things have such sentimental value that 
you have to have them and yeah. you have to keep them forever. Exactly. This is why, oh like, I think it's only like 9% of people are able to put their cars in their garages because that's how much crap. And then oh, we yeah. get, we get spaces for our crap. And then we have storage units. That's why do you know how big the storage unit industry is? How mm-hmm. much money people throw yeah. at storage units monthly mm-hmm. and they can't make their mortgage payment? Oh yeah, yeah. my God. That's one thing. That, that's what I'm talking about when it, like for like me with my decision with money. Because you had said like, yes, my dad was, you work hard and you sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, my mom didn't, like, I always just exaggerate and say she did nothing. And like she worked off and on, like she was a bartender and she worked at school like when I was in third grade or whatever. But my young formative memory years was she was home. Mm-hmm. But as I have said before, like we didn't have a relationship where my mom took me places and we did things together. You know, like she was watching soap operas in one room and I was watching Fred Pinner's place in the other room or Eureka's Castle. Okay, that's like way beyond your all times. Okay, so do you know old. what that is? No. Oh damn! I knew that was gonna happen. <sighs> well, YouTube later, it's okay. great. Um, so anyway. So I had, I had that confliction mm-hmm. in terms of how to earn money. And I absolutely, in the longest story short, know that for the longest time, my cycle was just that, overspend. Mm-hmm. My, and my mom did that when my dad and her were fighting. And she would take me with her and we'd go grocery shopping and just buy like a month's worth of food. Like it was ridiculous. Like so unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but that's what, when I, when th- that was a cycle I was in. And none of it, like you had said, like the only thing that was also a constant for me was that I've always saved for my retirement. Mm-hmm. always because my dad talked so heavily about it and he was in the union for the railroad mm-hmm. and that was a big deal and so yes I've always had retirement but it's not like I mean like I was just company matching I was just doing the smart stuff like when I was young but when it came to yeah like you know you know make sure that you are saving for big purchases for down payments and don't just go and put it all on credit and um just even paying your utilities and budgeting and how, like, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. And so I had to discover, though, like, you know, so those are your experiences and those are your habits. Mm-hmm. But the bigger picture and the disconnect for me is because I thought I figured that out. I th- But I was still in this loop and cycle of this, I just, for me, it was a debt pain cycle, for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. And that goes beyond, you know, just, like, the emotional spending that goes into just, like, you know, getting a little bit ahead, but not far enough. So then you go back to adding back onto your credit cards when you had just paid off like ten or $12,000 the previous year. But when it came to the end of the year, you were fucking struggling because it was Christmas season mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. Like, you know, because you, you haven't been saving all year long for your slow season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you should have when you've been in the business for five plus years. So you know it's going to happen. Right. Um, but that's partly ignorance, partly, you know, uneducated about how to get out of it. Well, and I think, because, okay, so that that was my earliest memory of money was spending. Was my dad was spending. And then when I was 14, I did people to people. Hey, shut up. Mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore, but it's, uh, cool, it's, it's cool a great program. program. Great program that yeah, sent me. I still talk to my <laughs> friends from just, that Just trip. some clarification. Rachel and I both got to go on these trips. They were basically like young adult trips or yeah, you like, were like 14 to 16 yeah yeah um and you go anywhere in the world yeah anywhere in the world and i For went like two to three weeks i went to europe yeah and i went I, to australia yeah which i wish i would have gone to new zealand same, which but, i didn't know i was going but i did oh that's that's cool oh yeah it was awesome but anyways i got invited to go to that when i was um 14 so i think i got the invitation when i was 13 but the trip was the summer that i was 14 mm-hmm. and so i convinced my family to help me pay for it like i used I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure my grandmother, I'm trying to remember, um, which trips my grandmother paid for, but 
Um, that trip, I was 14, she offered to pay for the trip up front, but that I had to pay her back. Um, little sneak peek into my life that I was 14 when I borrowed like $5,000 from my grandma. I'm 27 and I'm still paying off like part of that trip because that's a lot of money to borrow at 14 and like people don't understand or explain payments and stuff. But to pay for the trip, I was smart enough that I sat my mom and my stepdad down and I explained to them why I was going to get a job. I didn't ask permission. I didn't say, hey, this is cool. I was like, nope, this will happen. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to pay for this trip. It means a lot to me. And they agreed. They let me do it as long as like it didn't impede my, my grades and all that. But so anyways, I got a job at 14 when I was at, uh, at Burger King. That was my first job. Worked there for like three years. Hated it. <laughs> um, but nobody explained to me how paychecks work, how taxes work, no, like beforehand. Like nobody gave me a heads up about um, like save 10%, save anything. So my first paycheck and I hated it because I had to wait like a month until I got my first paycheck. So after working four days a week after school in middle school, going to Burger King and working on the weekends and having to sacrifice and hating life for a month, I get my first paycheck and it was like less than $200. <laughs> and I wanted, I, t I begged my mom to take me because I couldn't even drive them. Begged my mom to take me to the bank to cash it. And she was like, well, why do you need to cash it right away? Like, let's just wait until I go to the bank next week. And I was like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. And my stepdad said this thing that I have like come back to time and time again. He was just like, well, money's just burning a hole in her pocket. She's just got to spend it. But there, it was like a, the way he said it was like condescending. Mm -hmm. And I picked up on that when I was 14. But nobody stopped and explained to me like, Hey, you should save this money for your trip. That's why you got the job. You know, I was more of like, a, I'm independent and I got my own money and I'm 14 and I want to go to the mall because mm -hmm. my dad had been taking me to the mall, showering us with gifts and all yeah. of these things. And so I ended up not saving like any money before the trip. So I didn't have any spending money. I hated it. Um, I had a, my mom had to wire transfer me money while I was in Europe because I blew through the like hundred dollars she gave me for souvenirs and stuff because nobody had taken the time to explain money to me yet. And I feel like I've been in that cycle of that's why I live paycheck to paycheck now is because when I first got my first job, nobody explained to me yeah, about absolutely. saving, nobody explained to me about budgeting, any of that. And it might not have seemed important to a 14 year old, but it, in my head, that was the beginning of my money experience. Oh, a hundred percent. That was, the, it's, my I mean, it starts before that. Like oh, that's just your personal experience, your exposures to it before is what right. really is the thing that. Like I was saying, King, that's the deeper thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so my life coach had actually lent me a book, and I will have to just pull the name of them. Because one of them is, uh, like, emotional currency is what it's called. And the other one is, like, for the love of money or intimacy. It's some it's, it's a book geared for couples um, to learn what their, like, their, their money thing is. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because, it, like, basically there's, like, five people. And one of them's, like, the martyr. So, like, you always spend because you're always helping somebody else. There's mm -hmm. the person who does it, you know, because it, they seek value in themselves by having pro whatever it is. Like, there's five different things. And you can take this little quiz and it opened up so many doors for me in terms of like understanding because like aside from like my parents I think a, a very easy example for people to maybe potentially relate to because this was a feeling I had but it seemed too obvious that I was like no and it was you can't make good money because bad people have lots of money Oh, yeah. And you hear it and you're like, yeah, it kind of almost sounds cliche, right? But realistically, though, if you're hearing it and you go, yeah, it's a cliche because cliches are real, then it's a, it's a value you believe. Mm -hmm. So you really have to separate that 
that getting to a level where you feel like you're making a substantial income does not make you a bad person. And wanting to make that level of income does not make you a bad person. It makes you want to have options. It makes you, I mean, if you are, there are bad people with lots of money, but but that's the statement. It's not money makes people bad. It's bad people who have a lot of money make bad decisions. And that's, you know, that's your line to walk in terms of conscious of what you think that is. But I think that people have a feeling yeah. that they're spending their money for things that are not so great. Like, these are anxious people. These are fearful people. And they oh. they, they they show up through fear with making other people fear, 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 feel fearful. That was hard. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. But we have to talk about that for a second. Please do. Because uh, this is, I don't want to get into a political debate or anything, but I think that the more awake you become in personal development and understanding the universe and the world and how other people interact with you, I, I truly believe that you become more aware of other people's intentions behind things yeah. because you become more empathetic and more sympathetic. Like you just become more understanding. Become more aware. More aware. And so You're in tune. Let's talk about the coronavirus for one minute and the fact that it's, to me, it is not a coincidence that people started rushing to the stores to buy toilet paper and rushing to the stores to buy out all of these random items. Masks. Masks. Like, but people were running out in the masses. It I know. Was, it, like, it got it like, ridiculous. Yeah. But it is fear-based, in my opinion, and I'm not an, an expert by any means, but my right. opinion. But you're entitled to that. Yeah. It is fear-based marketing. And it's people, It's it starts at the very top of people going, like CEOs of Walmart or any big box store going, recognizing like, oh, people are going to be staying home more. They're not going to want to go out and go grocery shopping as much. They're not going to be spending as much money on extras or going to the movie theaters for whatever. And so they start putting little seeds of fear of doubt in our minds. Like, well, the grocery stores might not be open in two weeks. So you need to go buy all of your stuff right now. Um, We might run out of this. So you should go get yours right now. And it starts to place this doubt and this anxiety in in citizens. Who then then spread it to everybody else. Who spread it to everybody else and say, oh, you have to go do this. You have to go do this. So all of a sudden. All of the grocery store and there was no TP left. Exactly. So then it just, it snowballs and it just becomes this giant fear machine of people fear buying and buying up all of this stuff that they don't need. You don't need 10,000 rolls of toilet paper. You just don't. And so, but it's, it's to get you to spend money. Yeah, yeah. So in the moment, like, oh, my boyfriend, Brett, I love him to death. I really, really do. And I'm not saying that he was a hoarder by any means, but anytime he went to the store, he made it a point to get at least one package of toilet paper. And so that he was like, well, we, we have, you know, two or three packages at home, but this, they might be out for a while. So I found one more package. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get one more package so that we have some in case they run out. And I'm just like, oh my God, babe. And it got to the point where anytime he found toilet paper at our store, like he finally stopped buying it, but he'd be like, guess what? They have toilet paper. So if we run out, we can just, you know, go over there. I'm like, we are not going to run out of toilet paper. Yeah. We have never once run out of toilet paper. We have plenty at home. It's well, fine. And that's, that is like, it's funny because I think that the, the obvious potential answer is that people are fearful that what, that it'll stop being made. Right. Because it's like, 
I, I understand. Like, some people are like, well, I had to because other people were freaking out. Yeah, I get it. But, dude, that's the ripple effect. You might, in your brain, be making this conscious decision that you're like, I'm not like those people, but I have to get it if they're going to get it. You're in it. Yeah, you're, you're exactly. in it. You're in we it. have bought zero extra anything. Good. Well, I can't say that. I think that Tony did get some extra toilet paper as well. But we don't have, right now, we have no more than we would normally have in the house. Well, and that's the thing is that, in my opinion, Mm-hmm. If, if you, if people, if, the, if mass society, if everyone had just continued to shop as normal, That's exactly what I was gonna say. If, if we had all continued to shop as normal production places would have kept up demand. There would have been no shortages of anything. Mm-hmm. Everyone would have kept everything the same, but it's those CEOs at the top that they were afraid that their pocketbooks were going to take a dip because, which is not the number one concern right not, now. It is not. But nobody thought that when they were yeah, fear shopping. Of course not. Because the way that they plant those seeds. And I, I know yeah. it, to some it might sound like a conspiracy theory, but they... It's pay- not a conspiracy theory. You can, <laughs> you can find this shit anywhere. You can see... You can find those... In those companies, they have marketers for a reason. They yeah. have, like, people that plan ahead for a reason. I even saw today, and this maybe this is a little bit too conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. But Nebraska Crossing just announced that they are going to... Li- like, apparently... Previously, the mall, the owner of the mall, land said, "Okay, you guys got to close down, close down shop. You got or the governor or somebody said you got to close down shop. You can't have people at the cross or the yeah, crossroads yeah. mall in Retina." Well, they just announced that starting Monday or next week, sometime soon, they're gonna allow the shop owners, the individual shop owners, decide whether to open back up or not. And everyone's like giving them flack, like. The coronavirus is at its peak in Nebraska. Like, not even at its peak yet. It's still growing. Right, right. We still have a couple weeks. Yeah, so why would you open it up back now? Like, that's just going to promote the spread faster. And somebody went and found that the owner of Crossroad Malls um, paid a lot of personal donations, like millions of dollars of personal donations to the... Whose campaign? To the governor. Ricketts? And to Trump. I don't think it was Ricketts. I think it was the Gretner Omaha uh, oh, yeah. area mayor or okay. somebody. I don't know. But anyways, they, somebody went and found these personal donations on some website because it's all public information right. and screenshotted it and posted it and said, you guys wonder why the, the Crossroads Mall is opening back up on Monday? Yeah, because it's, they're being coaxed. They're being coaxed. It's because somebody is thinking about their bottom line, their pocketbook, and not about the health of the public, the general right. public. Then that's why it's so important. That's why it's. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Go, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna. Yeah. <laughs> to wrap that up. Yeah. When things like this happen, it is good to be prepared. It is good to be aware. To be aware. Cautious. Cautious. Yeah. But there were so many other options of people like freaking out that Walmart ran out of toilet paper. You know where it didn't run out of toilet paper? A lot of the Asian markets. Yep. A lot of the small town pop, like mom and pop shops, they didn't run out because Walgreens people, had it a lot longer. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. people forget that those stores exist and that they have them, and it might be priced. 50 cents more expensive than Walmart or a dollar more expensive, but you're shopping local, you're helping the local economy and you're not fear, like you're not giving into the fear purchasing and the fear buying. Cause now you're, now you're stocked up on all this pack or processed food, packaged food, dry goods, toilet paper, household cleaning supplies. That's awesome. But now you don't have money to pay your rent because you spent all your money. Potentially. Potentially. Maybe not a light bill or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you just have to be more aware and understand that if you did run out of toilet paper, I'm pretty sure that you could have posted on Facebook, like, 
hey right. Guys. That's what I thought like, too. I was like, like, I've got friends that would totally hook me up with a role. Like, hey guys, we ran out. We just need to get by until the store restocks next week. Can yeah. You, can somebody pass us a role? Yeah. Plus, you're usually going to the bathroom where there is a shower just in case. Just in case. Yeah. So there's always, in my opinion, there's always other alternatives. Yeah. TP is not the the world. Rather than giving into fear shopping. I so agree. it's just, it's just becoming more aware of people's intent and becoming more aware of the media and the fact that they're not obligated to have our best interests at heart and they're not obligated to tell us the truth. We don't want to believe that. And I think that's, 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 that's just the core of who humans are is that we believe other people are good people at heart. We do. We do. And the way that our government works is that they are meant to be a representation of the general public. And unfortunately, that's not the way it works. And anybody that's like, this is a conspiracy theory. I, I just implore you to just see who funds your representatives campaigns, because yes. that is who you'll see that they were. There's nobody that's going to say, yes, big pharma, I'll take your money. But there's absolutely, I'm 100% for pot. Exactly. And I'll never, I'll never plug you, but I'll take your, it's never going to be a synergetic relationship. So that's why it's important to look at grassroots. That's why it's important to look at people that you align with and who they're being funded by. Because once they hit that podium, do they still represent you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. They yeah. don't. And that's, it's sad, but it is true. It is not meant to be a political debate. It's, <laughs> this is why. Yeah. I mean, okay, we could just end it, this part of the conversation here. There are so many TV shows and movies about how corrupt the government is. Yeah. It's, you gotta believe, like, it, at some point you just have to understand that things- It's not all false. It's not all false. And that all our I- idealistic, everyone's good- good and has good intentions is not true it's, either. It's unfortunately not. No. And I'm, I'm. it doesn't matter who you side with. There's bad people on both sides of the aisle. Yes. So to summarize the last 10 minutes. It's like bad people. Um, bad belief systems. The more aware you become of yourself and your habits, the more aware you become of other people's habits yes. and intentions. Yes. So if you're scared right now because you don't know who to believe, you're scared right now because you don't have the answers. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Start asking questions. That's the first thing that I would recommend people doing is find someone that you can ask questions to. If if it's specific to money things, like I don't know how to budget, ask. I know somebody, by the way, that exactly. does that. <laughs> exactly. But it's ask questions. Get to the... I think people have to get past the, the fear of not knowing. Like, the they're like... I'm judged. Yeah. Like, how silly... Can I call my light company and ask them to, you know, forgive me a month or suspend... Whatever. Yes, you can. And you don't have to be afraid to ask that. Nobody's judging you because you were in the situation of not having a nest egg to live mm-hmm. off right now. That's majority of everybody. Mm-hmm. So you are not alone. So don't feel silly. But I guarantee if you call them and ask if you can suspend your lights and they say, did you buy extra toilet paper this month? <laughs> 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 nope. Lights off. Right? No. But uh, no, I agree with that. Um I agree with that. And that that's, yeah, we'll get off of the political platform because it's not, here's the other example I wanted to give when it comes to bad people doing things with lots of money. The mob. Yeah. All right. And they get just as angry and fearful and manipulative. Um, so it's not just about one particular character that, and that's important to note here. But for me, it was a subconscious thought. It was, if you have a lot of money, what happens if you slip up what if somebody finds something out about you that they could i'm like come the rachel your your stuff is not nearly as bad as any of those people number one number two how your ego thinks that you're that important (laughs) honestly my subconscious is i i think that something that has been holding me back from making a lot of money or pursuing more than what i have is i'm afraid that it'll show my true character Mm, around money right and that because, for example, you always hear these stories, like, there's even a TV show about people that won the lottery. And then they lose and, it all. And then they lose everything. Spend it, whatever. And yeah. I, 
I think that the, my fear is that my true core person is somebody who is materialistic and somebody who would, uh-huh. would run through all of that stuff. And so when I see more money in my bank account than I need, I almost have anxiety because I'm like, oh, that can't be there because then I'm going to spend it. But then what do I do? I fucking spend it. Yeah, or if I have too much of it, then what will people think of me? Exactly, yeah, much. right? Yeah. So I'm really happy because today, for me personally, with the stimulus check hitting my bank account, and I, I did apply for unemployment as a small business, self-employed person. They passed the CARES Act so that self-employed people in America could get unemployment because of the coronavirus right now. Um, but anyways... I did get a little handout, I would say, from the government to help me through this situation that we're all in because this is unprecedented. Unprecedented, yeah. I can't speak. But I was fearful that when I got that money that I would fuck it up and that I would spend it on things that I didn't really need and that I would would come home and all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, we got a new car. Like, that was my fear and I didn't tell anyone that. But I'm really happy that when I woke up and saw my bank account this morning, my first instinct was to pay off bills old medical bills from a year ago. I was like, I finally have money to pay those off. I'm going to pay them off right now before I have a chance to even look at buying anything. And now I've paid, I'm caught up on bills and I prepaid some of my bills for the rest of the month so that they're not due for two or three weeks. But I'm like, Hey, I have the money now. I should probably pay those bills. So I don't have to worry about them in two or three weeks. And so it's baby steps, but I feel like I'm becoming more confident with money and I I'm becoming more confident in my abilities when it has to do with money that yeah and it's just a day-by-day process and it's one decision at a time and one forgiveness at a time yes because i'm not saying that i'll never buy something materialistic or frivolous again but i know that i'll have more intention behind that purchase and that it won't just be i bought a new pair of jeans because i saw a new pair of jeans it's okay i haven't bought jeans i this is a true statement i have not bought new jeans in three years and the crotch is burning mm, yeah, a hole yeah, like thighs, through, yeah. my thighs yeah. through a lot of my jeans. So my next clothing purchase will probably be a pair yeah. of jeans. And I think the only reason I've made it this long is because I honestly haven't worn jeans consistently in like two years. <laughs> I live in leggings. Yeah. And so I mean, most people do. My jeans have gotten a break. At leisure wear. <laughs> my, my jeans have definitely gotten a break, but I haven't bought new ones. Yeah, but, but I agree. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel more like intentional. I, I am more intentional. I know. I struggled with, um, recently I invested in a tablet mm-hmm. and I struggled with, I even called, uh, mm-hmm. like my, I wouldn't call him, a, this is not, it's not my financial planner. I don't know. Anyways, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And, um, I waited, probably the smartest thing I ever did was just sit down and weigh the options which I've never done before. I would have just absolutely impulse bought it. Mm-hmm. And I just tell myself every time I open it up, I'm so grateful that I get to use this thing in my bed. I'm so grateful I get to use this thing out in the living room. It's just, it is, it's, it was a, it was a good investment. It was, a, I'm more efficient when I can't be in the office. Um, plus it, I can write on it. Oh, I love that. All right. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that like you had said, it's, it, I had to weigh the benefits of it. Like now, like, so for like my team members, I have them do an intake form so I can kind of learn about their love language and things like that. And I debated about putting somewhere on there as a disclaimer, like, hey, just as a heads up, jewelry with real diamonds will never be something I'm going to give you. I'm like, I've jewelry is your, th-. and I, I was like, I'm not going to put it on there. It's like, they say that jewelry is their motivator. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. But it's going to be like something minimal because diamonds are not necessary for you to have to live in yeah. That's a consumerism thing. We've been tricked into thinking that the only way you have value is that if you 
have a precious stone mined from the earth that we cannot renew, that's that's how you're valuable and special. I know that he doesn't listen to this, but I I don't know if any of his friends or acquaintances do. But my dear Brett, I love him. I love him dearly. But we've talked about engagement rings because I found this great website online that had fake stones. Always a night. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't know what it was, but probably. Um, but it was fake stones, but it was the bands were real sterling real silver yeah. and real gold yeah, and all that. Yeah. Um, but they were having a sale a couple of months ago. And I found the perfect ring. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Came in my size and everything was $75 with free shipping. And I I was just like, I will pay for my own damn ring. I want this ring. This is the ring I want. And he brought it up. He was just like, I can't buy you that ring. He's like, I can't feel good about buying you an engagement ring for $75. That's how deep his values are up in that. Not even the woman's to wear and own it. The husband, husband. potential husband to buy it. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't his first engagement. Like, He's been married. He's been married before, but I couldn't get through to him. I mean, he's eight years older than I am. He's 34, but I was just like, maybe seven years. I can't do math. Anyways, (laughs) um, but I couldn't get through to someone that's older than me about, I don't care about the value of the, I don't want to wear a That's not a representation of our right relationship. Yes, I'm there. I don't, I am the type of person that... I don't need a ring. I want a marriage. Mm-hmm. So I don't care about the wedding. I want the marriage. And this is a completely different statement than what I made 10 years ago. Because if Same. you asked me 10 years ago, I'd been like, I want a I wedding. Want a party. Yeah, I want a wedding. I don't care about the marriage. Yeah. I want, like, I used to joke with my friends because I was so consistently single in my early, you know, my teenage years, my early 20s, that I was just like, I'm just going to like have a wedding and marry my damn self. Like, <laughs> have a big old party, wear a big white dress, like have the fairy tale. It, experience yeah but I didn't care about what, what what happened afterwards and now I'm like I really don't want a wedding because I don't want to spend that kind of money it's exactly and what it it's is. such a consume, ugh, consumer it's a, it's a shift it is it's a, a huge shift, shift in yeah. personal development it is for sure and I I encourage anybody like even if you have I mean that's the thing I think that people often forget is that people that have money it doesn't mean they don't have problems oh, yeah. I know that's just a total quote from Carol Baskin's first husband okay <laughs> he had all the money in the I world. mean I was going way back to like Biggie Smalls <laughs> and some Puff Daddy kind of thing Carol I don't even know his name just Carol Baskin's Husband. Second husband. Third husband? Second husband? I don't remember. I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. He up and disappeared because he had too much money. I kind of think he made... I mean, like, he told that one guy, he was like, if I pull this off, it'll be whatever. And I think that that guy thought he was insinuating that he was going to divorce her. Mm -hmm. I think he just ran away. Maybe. I mean, you can hope, right? Yeah, I hope that she didn't. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, I want to wrap back to the stimulus checks because I think that this is where... I think this is where it kind of gets sticky because um, people get offended when you talk about like, mm-hmm. but this this is it. This is what you're waiting for. You know, and I know people need it. This was unexpected. Again, it's unprecedented. I this think being the coronavirus yeah, and the shutdown. And the- yeah, and, lo- and people being forced out of their jobs that they would have not been forced out of or reduced hours, change of income. So there, this is, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad that they're... The represent- your representatives are saying, look, we know you need something. Mm-hmm. But for most people, it's not enough. No. Uh, number one. Number two, it can't be a, a state of mind that you tell me that if whatever it is, another pandemic, a uh, housing crisis, it happened in 2008, right? So it will happen again, mm-hmm. whatever the economic crash will be. And uh, 
just saying, Ray Dalio, who is like the financial advisor of the world, said that we are in a recession. Like, not even a recession, we are in a depression. And it hasn't been that way since 1909, 1903, something like that. Really? Yeah. Damn. And so anyway, I digress. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Stimulus checks. Uh, Stimulus checks. Okay. Enough. Right. When you talk about state of mind, right? Like, I think this is where my message sometimes gets misconstrued because what will be misinterpreted can be, mm-hmm. will be. Um, I'm not saying that accepting, accepting the payment means that you're lazy and unmotivated, but you can't tell me that if this was to happen again, that this is where you'd want to be. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that now and still taking the money is not wrong. It's not bad to keep your family afloat and keep your lights on, but to coast through this, however you're doing it and not, not feel hundred percent. Like I wish things were different. You have the power to make them different next time around. And you don't have to wait for this to be over to start that. And I think that that is where my message is getting lost is that it's not about you needing a mental health day. Take it. It's not about that. It's not about realizing all of a sudden that, oh my gosh, I think I'm having anxiety because I didn't know. I don't know how to process this. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But you can't tell me it's where you want to live. You can't tell me it's the state of mind that you desire to be in. And even if you're suffering from depression, I'm not saying get over yourself in the least bit. And I have, I've been depressed. I've been on medication for depression. I've been through therapy for depression. It's not a state of mind I ever want to go back to. And that's why I continue to say that same message. That's why I continue to push out to that is that it doesn't matter what your circumstances are right now. There is a better way. Mm-hmm. There is a better way. It doesn't matter if it was something that you were born with that holds you back. It doesn't matter if it was something that was inflicted upon you in an experience that's holding you back. It doesn't matter if an, something traumatic happened to you when even if you were a sound person and you're trying to figure out how to now cope and navigate through a new life, it can always be different. Oh yeah. Well, and I think that the, the reason why a lot of people have a negative reaction to when you say that kind of stuff them yeah. is a, they're not ready to hear it right? because a couple of reasons. One, they're completely asleep and they yes, don't, I know. they're not aware of anything that you're talking about as being real or truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that you're just, Woohooey and hippie, or and on a pedestal. On a, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Is it there? Why do I care? Your privilege is showing. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that was the that, first statement I thought of. Yeah, yeah. Not a dig at the woman that said it, but that's that's popped up in my mind a lot yeah. about when I read stuff about where you're coming from. It's not your privilege as even like an income, like a white woman, as a white woman, or where your income at. In my head, it's. It's the privilege that you've already picked yourself up from your low. That you you have the privilege of already going through your midlife crisis and doing the work that it takes to get out of that hole. And that you have the privilege of being in a better mi- mental step place mm-hmm. when this crisis hit. Mm-hmm. So in my head, when I, when I see some of your posts, I know that I am privileged in that way as well by a little bit. Like I started personal development before the crisis hit. So I have the tools available to me, but I know that I wasn't putting in as much work. I hadn't gone through some of the experiences that you had. Mm -hmm. And so when the crisis hit, I fell on my ass hard and I feel like I did hit my bottom. Like I don't feel looking back now, I don't feel like I hit my personal bottom until this crisis hit. And it's been, it's tough. It like, because I thought that I hit my bottom two years ago mm-hmm. and it's tough because I've been working on myself for two years now. And so when the crisis hit and I was not mentally, physically, or financially prepared for it, I broke. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I was like, my first reaction, my, you know, instinct of fuck this was like, 
why even try if two years worth of effort is going to just be flushed down, you know, the drain tomorrow mm -hmm. or today or whatever. Like I didn't get out of bed for a couple of days. I mean, it's only been like two or three weeks really of being on quarantine, but I, my relationship has suffered because of it, mm -hmm. because not because of the quarantine. It's because Brett's still going out of the house every day to work Monday through Friday. He's still got his full-time job. Thankfully, like he has a full-time income coming in. He's making more money right now than he's ever made before, but it's because he made this, this, profession change back in December yeah. and it's starting to get warm up, warmed up outside. So there's more work available for him in his new handyman job. But I have two businesses that I've been putting a ton of effort into that both came to a screeching halt the second that this coronavirus hit. And so me, after all of these months and years of, of hard effort of truly showing up and trying my best yep. to all have it kind of shoved in my face, like door, Slam closed. Fuck you. No open one. The, no alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The universe just kind of like, nope, this is where the buck stops. Ain't nothing happening after this. It sucks. Mm -hmm. And like I started, I, I was sitting at home all day with no motivation to do anything. Like looking at the clock, basically like how long till Brett gets home? How long till get Brett gets home? Like, why isn't he here? Why isn't he texting me? Like, I'm so bored out of my freaking mind. I don't want to reach out to Rachel. I don't want to reach out to my other friends that are in personal development because Clearly I'm not, I haven't been in personal development because this is my bottom and I thought my bottom hit two years ago. So where, what am I now? What do I do now? And so I felt completely closed off from the rest of the world. Yeah. And when he would come home, he was the same old cheery self, wanted to do his same routine of come home, shower, eat, play video games for an hour or two, and then watch a movie and go to bed. And I'm like, why has nothing changed for you? Like so much in my life has changed. Why has nothing changed in your life? And he had made a couple of comments about his kids coming over to our house for visitation a couple days early. And he's just like, well, you'll be home. You can just watch them. And I was just like, you have the audacity to just assume that I have nothing going on. Like, is it so apparent to the rest of the world that I have nothing going on in my life right now that I'm, you don't even have to ask if I'll watch your children? Okay, like clearly nothing I do matters because nobody even asks what I'm doing anymore. They just assume, oh, you don't have anything going on. Like it hurts so much, but it was my monkey mind, like sitting, my monkey mind, if you can picture it, my monkey was sitting on a pedestal, la like laughing at me, like I just kicked you down and you're going to stay down and there's nothing that you can do to pull yourself out of it. Cause you tried for two years to get up on this pedestal and I just knocked your ass right off. So like, <sighs> that is where I mentally have been mm -hmm. for the last two weeks. So when I think about other people that have not been in personal development for the last however long. Yeah. Maybe they started it a week before the coronavirus or hit. Or have or zero. have zero desire. Yeah. Of course they don't want to see your posts about, you know, that they have the opportunity to better themselves before the coronavirus is over. They don't want to think about it because they have so much other stuff going on or not going on. That right. I get it. And I get it. Because, like, as we talked about, you know, like, there was an initial sting for me too, but... How dare I say how I was so quick to be able to come out of it in comparison to other insults or years or previous mm -hmm. conversations, whatever, because that's what I recognized. This is, this is not about me. And I then remembered, of course, the three or four times that I was emotionally stung by somebody else's words that, mm -hmm. why did that bother me so much? Why did it, how dare they, why do I, why do I care? This person doesn't even know me. Or they're not speaking to me directly, so why did I take such offense to it that I'm letting it bother me two, three days later or that? <laughs> or even potentially, like, I can't deal with that person anymore. Like, I 
whatever. You know what I mean? Like that, that's crazy. It's crazy. So I understand that. Um, and if you, I don't want to say if, cause it's not accusatory. Like if you really feel like you've hit your bottom, then welcome. Because yeah. I get it. I understand. Like I, I, right. Amazing relationship. I had a baby uh, getting married, coming far along in my relationship with my stepson. Like my business was past six figures. Like how in the world would I even begin to think that something would go wrong? Number one, but number two, that I had believed that I'd been working through it. Like, like I was impermeable to failure at that point. Like how, how dare I think that I was too good to fail mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. And it wasn't even about that. It was just neglect in all those other areas that I didn't even know existed to play a part in my personal development. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for you, I need you to recognize that what you're, if you are recognizing that monkey mind was playing a part in this, it's now your responsibility to recognize that that was still doubt that you had. You still had doubt that you were going to be able to move past something so tragic, so hard, so crushing. So it, again, it's, it's okay. That it's normal for you to not want to get out of bed, but next time around, it's only going to take you a day. Yeah. It, so it's still going to happen. And I think, again, that's the misconception is I, people don't think I have bad days. Are you kidding me? I almost went back to bed this morning. And I know that you're like, okay, almost. Okay. <laughs> but there has been days where I've slept to seven when I said I was going to get up at six. I don't, I don't expect them to be perfect overnight. Uh, but I do expect them to give myself grace because I know how good the progress feels. And I know that I've watched myself. Even I would say the, the most accelerant in momentum is in the last year. And the most consistent, positive consistency has been in the last year. So that felt so good. I can't go back to the other way. So put it in your tool belt. It's just, a, it's a new little Mario coin you won. It's just more resilience and yeah. more clarity and, and, and more of that doubt is shrieking, shrieking, shrinking. It's shrinking because that's the thing I think that really holds people back. Like when you, when you get going in terms of really believing in yourself or making some progress and then you have a setback and I think the easiest thing to think about is weight loss, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can remember the first time I gained when I was trying to lose in any program and go, why? Why do I even, now, same thing. I'm going to go to Valentino's and I'm going to have the buffet instead. Like, why? It's already messed up. Happens to me every time. Yeah. Every time I try to lose weight or do something healthier, the second I see that it's not working, quote unquote, because the scale says it's not working, I immediately shut down. I'm just like, well, fuck it. Yeah. mm, Like, I'm quote unquote happy with, with how life is, so fuck it. Like, that's the Which, same thing with money. Like you start, you have yeah. like, you have a thousand dollars in the bank saved up. Woohoo. I've never had more than three digits. And then you need a new tire. Like, Seriously? So now I'm down a minimum a hundred dollars. Okay. Why do I even try? Why do I even try? Right. It's the same thing. It's, it's everything too in your life. And the minute that you think that you work through your depression and you have, you know, something that sets you back and you're like, why do I even try? It, it's easier for me to feel this way than to fight to feel good. And that's what's hard. But the fight is worth it. Anybody can tell you a fight is worth it. You know, it's a, if it's a physical fist fight, it's because your pride is worth it. If it's a, a fight for your life because you have cancer, I think it's worth it. This is your life and you only get one of them. So why are you playing it safe and thinking that mediocre is going to count? It does for a mediocre life, but none of us want that. And we deserve better than that. And we've been coming far along. So why risk going back to the way that it was? When you know, even if I got to take a day or even if I have to tell somebody that I love, I'm having a bad day and I don't want them to know because I should be better than that. But more importantly, they're going to just tell me to get over it. They might be in a loving, compassionate way, but they're just going to tell me to get over it. And I know that because that's, that's the only option I have unless I just want to try to bury it, but it's going to pop back up. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that we're recording this right now because 
I think a lot of people need to hear that. Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. Because I, I'm going to say it again. One of my favorite things that I, somebody else said it to me and I can't remember who I can't give credit, but leaders are born in times like this. And oh, it makes me emotional because I don't think that there's ever been a time like this that I've had an opportunity to be able to show people that I will still be a leader at the end of it. Every other time I have faltered some way, shape or form. So it's, it's important to me that I stick this through because I've been making promises to other people for years and I've never kept one for myself. So if unemployment's getting you by, it's getting you by, but that's, I I still don't think that's where people want to live. No. And I think that, I mean, if, cause like I have friends that went from working three or four jobs to being laid off from all of those jobs. And now they're having to claim unemployment. Like, I still see them posting about like, Hey, who's hiring? Like, Hey, who's yeah. so I mean, if, if unemployment is paying your bills right now, if that's all it's doing, if it, if it's covering all of your bills, that's awesome. But if it's helping you just get by for now, that's, that's a starting point, mm-hmm. but recognize that it's just a starting point. It's not, if that's not where you want to be in 10 years, then clearly collecting unemployment is not your end game. Yeah. And you don't have to wait until the end of the coronavirus because no, we don't have an end date yet. That's what I keep coming back to with a lot of things is like, it's all, all estimations. It's we all going to happen. We have no idea. And I keep seeing all these memes that like, of course they're only telling us that it's going to be two more weeks. And then in two weeks they said, tell us it's going to be, two Oh, more weeks. you better go get more toilet paper. <laughs> but it's, if they told us, Hey, you're going to be in quarantine for six months, we would all lose yeah. our minds. Yeah, so they have true. to tell us these short little like not too far out dates in short increments of time because they don't want us all to freak out at the same time. But we don't have an end date of when life's going to be go back to normal. And I, oh, I think maybe the last thing that we'll get to really talk about is I kept seeing all of these things about like normal, don't wish to go back to normal, wish to go back to better. Good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand what those posts were. I was like, what are they, what are you even <laughs> saying? I was like, go back to normal. Like, yes, I want things to go back to normal. Yes, I don't want to be stuck in quarantine. I want to be able to go see my friends. Like, I don't, what do you mean normal wasn't good enough? Yeah. But it finally clicked to me that my, air quote, normal was living paycheck to paycheck. My normal normal was... I need some hand clappers. My normal was having anxiety around money. My normal was fearing that I was going to fail and the rest of the world was going to keep going when my biggest fear should have been that the whole world came to an end because that's what clear like that's what this feels like like this is what my bottom feels like is that the world stopped and I hadn't positioned myself to keep going without the outside world kind of thing like I had not prepared myself for this scenario but now I I'm getting to the point where my motivation is starting to come back my clarity is starting to come back my anxiety is going down your belief because my belief that I can still make an income I can still show up for my partner every day. I can still show up for the kids when we have like, you can still pivot in your business too. Yes. And it's, it's a law. It's, it's a hard road, but knowing that where I was yesterday is not where I want to be next week, where I was yesterday is not where I want to be a year from tomorrow. So I might not be curing cancer today, but I got up and I paid some bills today. I, I made my stimulus check and my unemployment check, help me put me in a better financial position than I was last week. 
because I, instead of going out and buying a new TV or a new car or whatever, I paid off <laughs> medical bills from a year ago that the collectors have been coming after me for a year. And I was like, here's a little bit of extra money from the government that I wasn't expecting. And I was just like, instead of just spending it on materialistic things, I'm going to better my situation so that at the end of this, I can be like, thanks, Rona. Like you helped me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I, you were able to take it and make it into a positive in some way, which yes. I think people also are like, oh, that's tacky. What do you mean it's tacky? You're trying to survive. Right. And why would you, if you had an opportunity to thrive and you knew you could do it, don't tell me that's selfish in the wrong way. Mm -mm. So I, if, if anything, I hope people just rewind that the last three minutes and listen, re-listen to that. I, I, I really do. So I think we have two sides of the fence here. We have somebody, you know, like you would say, like, it's not, it's not teams, but it's definitely team like in personal development and not yet mm -hmm. trying to work it through. And the other team, which is being, being through it enough to say, like you, you had said, I think the biggest gift I have been given in this is that I have the mindset that I am not devastated, personally devastated, emotionally, like the same thing. The things that you described that you were going through would have been me. It would have been me a hundred percent. We, I don't even know if we'd have a house right now. Yeah. Like we would have had no way to pay for our house. Um, because you know, the same thing, my income has drastically changed. And I knew I could have had a panic attack about that. I knew that could have happened or I could have just said, all right, well, what are the solutions going to be? And who do you need to tell if you don't know how you're going to fix it or that you just need somebody to know? You know what I mean? Like creating a game plan was my saving point. It was just, it was. So I really hope that people were able to get something from this for sure today, because I think that it, again, it's both perspectives and hopefully, you know, I'm just, I've got my rope, I'm pulling you along and you're going to throw out your rope and pull them along. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why we do it. That's why we talk about it. That's why I say some of the hard things that I say. Um, there, and that was never the intention. I don't, I didn't even know until after it happened. Yeah. So, um, but I don't want to talk about that. I feel like that's the second week in a row. And again, I, <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. So thanks so much for being here and, and telling your story today. I think that it was, it was very powerful. Um, tell them where they can find you. Photoswiththeanderson.com or on the Book of Face. Is it Book, book of Face? Yeah, I don't even know. Book of Face. Book of Face or just friend request me on Facebook. Because you like friends. I like friends. I need friends. <laughs> I'm bored in quarantine, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, I'm supposed to have a, a Zoom with my friends tomorrow to have some drinks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinks with friends um, on a Zoom. If it goes well, I think we should probably maybe just like make a bigger one. I got a Zoom account so we can do it, guys. It's all free so we could all get together and have like, oh, you can't have a lint over? Lint over. You can have a glass of wine? No. I gave up alcohol. For the year? Forever. Oh, I didn't know it was forever. I thought it was just for Lent. No. Well, I think it's that was what I told myself at the beginning. But yeah, it was. That was the announcement you were making. Because it was easier than saying, hey, guys, I don't ever want to drink alcohol again. Well, that's, that's good. That's not bad. No, it's Nothing not wrong bad. with that. No. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right. So, um, again, if you guys need some uh, personal wellness personal models, personal development support in your life, make sure to uh, go over to the book of face and either find the beginner's guide to wellness. You can search for it, or you can find Anderson or myself and we'll get you added to it as well. It's such a great group. And um, we have the VIP page. <laughs> if you're 18 years or older in a feminine energy and you need an invite for that one, that one has to be by invite only. And you can follow me on Facebook if you want and Instagram at vote for parties and check out my story. Cause I'm always doing some stupid stuff there, spelling words wrong and posting my grocery list the other day. <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm telling you, if anybody doesn't think that they can do my job, this is why I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do you see what I do somehow? I don't even know. Okay. But that just makes me love y'all so much more because you still follow along even though I can't do my job right. So um, thank you so much for tuning in today. We will be back next week. Um, 
whipping out a topic in the last 30 seconds per the usual and it works out really well i mean if you got some value from this not only make sure to share it with some people because it is on a free platform thank goodness uh, but tell us about it i can't get enough of you telling us what you liked about hearing a podcast and breakthroughs that you had i always share them with anderson um and if you're looking for topics we definitely want to make sure that we are speaking to you guys so thanks so much for being here again stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands okay bye-bye